0: For those of you who don't know, I'm not normally the pastor here. <laughs> um, I was just asked to to fill in for Ryan, but um, I don't know, two or three months ago, Ryan had asked me to share, and and in my studying, um, for the previous message that I'd shared, I had kind of, kind of come across this question about, you know, how do you know if you've given your life to Jesus? And, and I'm, I'm not in a place where I question that, I haven't questioned that for for years um... but uh... having been raised in the church um, one of the things that that i know uh... that that i've seen in in my time and uh... it it certainly uh... challenges me even today as i stand here is is that i have seen many a men misuse god's word from the pulpit and um, and give instruction that wasn't necessarily Guided by the holy Spirit and um, and I, uh, I I just you know I would never want to do that. I, I know that for any of you guys who have ever shared up here it 's a tremendous responsibility um, to share from the pulpit about what god 's word is and and what it says and, and how it relates to each one of us um, so uh, as a child, I remember praying um, the sinner 's prayer and i don 't know uh, how many of you guys are familiar with the sinner 's prayer but i uh I kind of took uh, something out of a a a commentary of what the sinner 's prayer is and i I want to read it to you guys and and uh you know, Some of you guys have, have probably prayed a, a similar prayer, and, and then I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the sinner's prayer, and then I'm going to read a little bit out of the book of James. So here is, is kind of a generalized version of the sinner's prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for the sacrifice that you made for me. Please forgive me for all of my past sins. I repent of these actions, and with your help, I will change and not repeat them again. I know that I am not worthy, but I am willing to accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And uh, I can remember, and, and I've been to many services and, and uh, youth group outings, and Bible school and church camps, and I've heard a lot of references to the sinner's prayer. And. Uh, A few months ago, uh, when I was studying for this other thing, I'd come across this thing about the the sinner's prayer, and I I just kind of looked into it. it. It had really little to do with the subject, but the fact is that there's no specific formula found in Scripture for a sinner's prayer, nor is there any biblical example of such a prayer being recommended in the salvation experience. The modern usage of the sinner's prayer originates... In the 19th century, and was popularized by an experience oriented evangelistic style by a Charles Feeney. As scripture presents it, men should repent, believe, and be baptized. There's no mention of altar calls, sinners' prayer, or the requesting for Christ to enter one's heart. And I say all of that to say that that we have to be careful that when we hear things from the pulpit that we automatically say well because he said so therefore it is truth. And I would say the same of anything that I share with you guys tonight that don't be afraid to question it. I think that there is uh, great wisdom in questioning what comes from the pulpit because at the end of the day we each have to answer for the decisions that we've made based upon what we've been taught and what we live our lives by thereafter. But that question um, or that, that example of, uh, of things that, sayings that, that, that we hear or uh, whatever um, that are said from the pulpit uh, kind of brought me to, to kind of putting together this list. And, and I took it actually off of uh, uh, the Blue Letter Bible. And here's a list of these different sayings that, and all of these sayings here are not found in Scripture. And I think if you read through them, you're going to see that that some of them you're going to know exactly. You know, you're going to say, "Wow, I've said that," or "Wow, I've heard somebody say that." And uh, if you guys want if you guys want to uh, to to check any of this stuff, I've I've put the the reference to the to the internet that you can find... uh, each one of these has a link on it and you can click on it and it'll tell you the background of where these sayings came from. And now there... some of these sayings, there are... there's an element of truth to them. And that's what we kind of rest upon because there's, there's an element of that that is scriptural. But it's when we take some of those things and we go too far with them Uh, or they become the foundation for us of what we now say to be true. Um, If you guys would, turn with me to uh, uh, the second chapter of James, and uh, we're going to start in verse 14. This kind of goes along with the question that was asked of me a week ago um, about how do I know if uh, I've given my life to Jesus. Verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to him, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also... Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And so the first question that James asks here is uh, Can faith save him? Can faith save the man who has no works? And um, here's the thing about faith is, is that genuine faith in whatever it is will naturally produce works of some sort. Faith and action are hand in hand. When someone truly believes in a cause, that belief will change the way that person lives. It's scriptural, and it's verified in many different ways. One of the things that I came up with that some of you guys will remember, uh, nineteen ninety nine, we were approaching the then kind of the infamous Y two K, and um, there was you know all this stuff about how computers were going to shut down and and uh, there was just going to be chaos that came out of it and. Um, and it's uh, just going to be big problems. I can remember people buying generators and everybody buying food and everybody was buying backup systems for their computers or upgrading to new computers. And uh, in my research, what I found was is, uh, during Y2K, the total cost of work done in preparation for it was estimated at over $300 billion dollars. That's just in the United States alone. That we, that we as citizens, our government, spent $300 billion preparing for Y2K. Well, Y2K turned out to be pretty much a flop. and it's, But it's a perfect example of how if you believe that it's going to happen, if you believe in this thing that you say is true, you will have actions that will follow suit with, that, with what you say you believe. The same is true of another famous timeline uh, that is all uh, very near and dear to us and that was the 9-11 attack. There was 19 hijackers that flew into four different locations killing roughly 3,000 people. Why? Because of their beliefs. Their beliefs created action that followed after them. They, they, they believed that they had a purpose for what they were doing and it was because of the beliefs. And again I say to you when someone truly believes in a cause that belief will change the way that person lives. A great biblical example of that is the Apostle Paul. I'm going to read to you uh, from 2 Corinthians 11 uh, verse 23. He says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequently, in deaths often. For the Jews, five times, from the Jews, five times I received forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, and a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and in nakedness. You see, Paul, he believed in the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And because of that, there were actions that followed with that. He was willing to go through whatever it took to fulfill what the Lord had shown him for his life. There was no question that he truly believed because that belief changed the way he lived his life. The thing about uh, faith and works, um, and sometimes it's, it's, not, it's not a, a real popular subject in church because, as you guys know, the Apostle Paul speaks um, often about being saved by faith, and um, Martin Luther, who was um, the champion of um, the Reformation, even took the book of James, which he felt was kind of opposed to the message that he was trying to, to give, he put the, the book of James in the appendix of the Bible because he didn't want that faith without works thing to really be out there that much. See, he was living in a time when the Catholic Church was saying that it was all about works. It was all about what you could do for God, and, and, and they wanted to really downplay that you could be saved by faith. And so Martin Luther took that and he made a change. And he made a change that, um, in a lot of ways, uh, risked his life, um, was totally opposed to um, the time and era that he lived within. But um, that was where he was in, in the 15th century. And so here we are, uh, the year 2008, and um, what, what I guess the Lord has been showing to me is, is that... Um, that I, I needed to examine my life. I, I, I needed to answer that question um, years ago for myself about have I given my life to Jesus and here's the thing for me and I, I don't want to come across to any of you guys as being self-righteous um, by any means. Uh, I am a, I'm a sinful man, I've made many mistakes uh, I, I make mistakes uh, on a daily basis um, but I, I put my faith in, um, in the sinner's prayer. I put my faith in a, a statement uh, that I heard oftentimes that is uh, once saved, always saved. I believe that I made a one time decision for Christ and I was pretty much free to do anything I wanted from then on. And, um, and I just, um, my personal feeling is that's not biblical. I don't believe that that's what Jesus taught. Um, Throughout the Gospels, uh, you know, in your sh- spare time, read John uh, chapter 14 through 17. Um, particularly uh, John uh, chapter 15 about abiding in the vine. And I think that, that what James is sharing with us here falls right in line with that. And, um, you know, in, uh, in verse 20, Paul asks another question. And he's asking it. uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. James is asking this question in verse 20. And he says, uh, But do you want to know, O foolish man? He's asking this question to the person that has put their hope, their trust, in solely living by faith. They're saying that, that, okay, I'm, I'm going to live my life however I want it because I've put my faith in Jesus. But there's absolutely nothing that shows that. And so he's asking the question: but do you want to know? Do you really want to know the answer to this? Oh, foolish man, that faith without works is dead. across America, I mean check this if you want to, but ninety percent of the work in the church will be done the acts of service, the acts of uh, serving in the community, in the church ninety percent of the work will be done by ten percent of the people. And ninety percent of the tithes and offerings that are given to the church and to charitable causes are given by ten percent of the people it's actually less than ten percent it's about five percent and so what i would say to you guys and what i would and i've asked myself this many times is is that are my actions lining up with what i say i believe in rick warren um, who's a pretty famous uh, author uh, Is also a pastor uh, had written the book uh, Purpose Driven Life. He'd said, "If you if you want to know if you're a believer, there's a couple of things that you can you can figure it out real quick." He said, "Bring me your taxes and bring me your calendar, and we'll look through it, and I'll be able to tell you where your beliefs really are. Because if you're not giving to the church, if you're not giving to the Lord," of says you don't really believe in him. If you're not spending any of your time serving him in attendance at church, whatever the case may be, and I'm not giving you guys a litmus test that says if you're not doing these things, then therefore you know, you're not believers. I, that's not my position. That's not what the Lord's called me to, to do. I'm not saying that I know every name that's written in the book of life. But I am saying that for you guys, just like me, you have to do some self-examination. Do not rest upon the hope of what somebody else has taught you. Go to God's Word and then examine your life against that thing, against that area. You know, I made the comment to my wife earlier when I was sharing with her, you know, what, uh, what I was going to share on... Um, you know, if, if I didn't believe in Jesus, I would not give my money to this church. I, I just wouldn't. I, I wouldn't give to this body no more than any other cause. There would be no purpose in it. There's plenty of other things that I could spend my money on. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, the, the, the greatest giver here. I'm not saying that by any means. I do give, but I give Because I believe. I believe that Jesus is who he said he was. I believe that this Bible that that we open up uh, often uh, has a purpose for my life. And I believe it has a purpose for yours as well. And I I say to you also that, um, you know, when it comes to time, you guys, uh, um, there's so much work to be done here. There's so much work. Uh, the, the, we're so short on workers. You know, I was told earlier tonight that, that one of the ladies in the church, um, that I won't mention her name, she's just been such a faithful servant. Um, but, you know, she's like one of the only people who will help uh, in the nursery. And I'm just going, wow, there is a ton of people that come to this church, not necessarily on Wednesday night, but Sundays. There's so much work to be done. Why, why are we in a position where we have to ask for more help? You know, if you guys could see the, the, uh, the ties recently, you would think that we were a church going broke. And, I, oh, I realize, trust me, that the economy is not what it was a year ago, but Jesus is still the same. His value in our lives is still the same. I I did not get up here to, to try to get more money out of you guys. Not one iota. That's never where I was going with this. I, I, I didn't come up here to, to try to get you guys to serve more. Because um, if anything that I would want for, for you guys, it would be that your lives would be wholly committed to Christ. And that His Holy Spirit would direct you from there. But because I rested for years in my life upon things that I didn't even really know if they were true for me being raised in the church and, and being raised in a quote unquote Christian home um, I pretty much thought well you know I'm saved and I'm good from here on out you know I got my fire insurance nothing else needs to happen um, but I came to a point where I had to finally ask myself am I, am I just doing this because my grandma took me every Sunday, because my mom made sure that I went to Vacation Bible School. Do I really believe this stuff, or is it just... Am I just going through the motions? And I would want you guys to to ask yourself those same questions. You know, are you just going through the motions? Um, one of the scriptures that I love that James shares in the The previous chapter, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, we have such a fantastic pastor here in Ryan, and he shares uh, from God's word uh, with care and uh, is totally directed by the Holy Spirit. And I tell you that there's very few messages that I hear from Ryan that I'm not convicted, that I don't leave here saying, what in the world am I supposed to do with that? How can I make application of that in my life? So I ask you guys, just as I did before you came to the communion table, you know, examine your lives, examine your hearts. If you gave your life to the Lord, quote unquote, five years ago, you should be able to look back today and say, my life is significantly different than it was then. My actions have followed with what I said I believed. Not because I said it, because it's biblical. You should have works. There should be fruit. And that fruit is not something that you can drum up in and of yourself. Trust me, I've tried. I mean, I've seen other people who have served the Lord with a joyful heart, and I just go, man, I want that. But... I'm not a servant, guys. I tell you, I asked my wife, I I I don't like to serve people. Now, the Lord has used me at different times to serve people because it just came naturally as I drew closer to him. It was just a fruit that came out of my life. I can't explain it. But when I've tried to seek out things that might be pleasing to man, it's hard. It's hard when you try to, to do these things. And what you'll find is, yeah, you'll remember today. But it, it doesn't come naturally. So tomorrow you'll forget all about it. And you'll just move on. And you'll go back to your ways. So examine your life. Look back on when you made that decision for Christ. It doesn't matter if it was two weeks ago or 25 years ago. Have you been progressing in your walk? Are there works? Are there fruits in your life? Are you willing to give of your time, your talent, your treasures that the Bible speaks of? Are those a priority in your life? You know, if, if one of your loved ones was looking over your shoulder and they've seen the actions of your, your day, would they fall in line with what you say that you believe? Because, man, I'll tell you what, our kids are watching us. Our relatives are watching us. Those people that we pray for, that we say, man, I sure wish they'd come to the Lord. They are watching us. Because you know what? They want to say to us, are you real or are you just going through the motions? Is it all talk or not? And when it's all talk, you guys, man, our testimony, our lives are not the light of the world. We become the people that some of these guys tonight shared in their testimony about having to be perfect to be a part of a church. That you have to live up to something special. Um, That's who we become self-righteous. And it pushes people away. It doesn't draw them in. We're all sinners. We've all made mistakes. We all need Jesus. So, for you guys uh, tonight, I just want to leave you with that. I want you to to, uh, to contemplate where you're at in your relationship with the Lord. I, I, uh, I my prayer is is that you wouldn't put your your faith um, and just having said the sinner's prayer, look back and see if there's fruit that has come out of your life. Look back and see if your life is radically different from the day that you made that decision or the decision that you thought you made did that seed fall on fertile soil and grow up are you growing in your relationship with christ today those are those are questions that that only you can answer it's it's not something that that uh... that i can answer for you it's it's not uh... something that i'm i'm trying to portray to you guys that i know I just wanted to share with you guys what the Lord has been showing me and and uh those those things those sayings is is kind of where it, it it stemmed from. Uh, I would encourage you guys to to take take a look at some of those. Uh, if you have any any questions uh, or thoughts for me on what I've shared tonight, I'm totally open to that.